Like I recently built a coffee trailer as an experiment. My kids and I, it's our camping trailer. We turned it into our coffee trailer uh, and we started doing markets and bits and pieces. And as, it was part of this organic expansion. We just bought the coffee machine. We stuck it in there. We got that cheap. You're listening to the Small Business Talk podcast with Kathy Smith. Small Business Talk is a podcast for business owners and entrepreneurs who want a better way to run their businesses without spending years doing it the hard way. Small Business Talk is hosted by Kathy Smith, who has run the same marketing agency for more than 17 years and helped hundreds of business owners achieve their marketing goals. Welcome to Small Business Talk, episode 214. Today, we have Anton Harrison Kern, who's going to be our special guest today. And we're talking all things scaling small businesses. So welcome, Anton. Thank you so much. It's a great pleasure to be here and to be guest number 214. There we go. We had a big (laughs) 200th episode, which was lots of fun. We talked about future-proofing your business and we had a Mm -hmm. whole stack of different people on it. And last week's episode was also about future-proofing your business because we just got so caught up in the topic we had to expand it a bit. So Mm. scaling is the the perfect one to to go um, after that. So well done. Excellent. Well, uh, it's something I know a lot about. I, I I operate at around a minimum of 11 businesses at a maximum of about 30 businesses. I'm constantly buying them, selling them, dismantling them, looking under the hood, working with clients, consulting to them, looking for what actually works when it comes to scaling. Not what people will tell you it works so they can sell you some consulting, but what's actually going to work. I love that. How many business coaches do we hear that have never run a business, never been involved mm. in a business? Has studied businesses, Mm -hmm. but it's quite different when you're actually inside and under the hood. It really is. And and actually, you know, one of the things I've discovered is that in some ways there is no magic, you know, like you've got to discover it. Each business has its own signature, its own heartbeat. The market is different. You can open up one business this week and open exactly the same business two weeks later, and you will have to do it slightly differently. Things have moved. And uh, yeah, so that that's the thing. You have to be willing to be in the discovery if you're a business owner and you want to scale. Absolutely. And you have to be flexible. As mm. we've seen over the last few years, what used to work doesn't, what mm-hmm. used to work and didn't is now starting to come back. So it's Absolutely. amazing how things rotate around. Yeah. And that's why when someone says that they know how to do it, I always kind of laugh a little. You know, maybe they, the thing that they may know is that there is no set way. <laughs> But that's the only way they can know how to do it. There is no set way. Otherwise, everyone no. would just do that. Yeah. And you see that a lot in franchises. Mm. I mean, they're, they're nailed down so tight, but they mm-hmm. still, each franchise is different, different personality, mm. different location, different people. So you can't have a direct replica anywhere. You just can't. Absolutely. That's so what do you think we should be thinking about if we're looking at scaling our business? Hmm. Well, okay. First of all, I would say scale organically. Like I have people come to me and they literally have a million dollars to start a business. And I've seen that fail. <laughs> I've seen people come to me with a thousand dollars to start a business and I've seen them flourish. And it's not necessarily about the amount of money, but I think that money gives people a false sense of confidence in scaling. And actually what happens is people around you, they can smell that you've got money to burn and they will burn happily burn your money for you. <laughs> 
So whether they be SEO people or Facebook advertising people or business consultants or just people who want to sweat really hard in your business and work for you, whoever, they're going to just sponge the money until it's all gone. And then they're going to say, thanks so much. That was great. And then everybody disbands. So the first thing I would say is scale organically. And what I mean by that is, well, I use a system called Profit First. Ah, very nice. Do you like Profit First? I do like Profit First. Awesome. So with that said, and assuming that your listeners are familiar with, are your listeners all familiar with Profit First? Yes. And if they haven't, we will find it in the show notes, but we've had um, Amy Bett um, came and um, did an episode, I think it's about 197 thereabouts, Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll get that for the show notes. So check that out. And just as a a little side note, I'm actually Mm -hmm. going to meet Mike Michalowicz in October in the Gold Coast. So I am definitely going to be the fangirl. So if you haven't listened to Mm -hmm. the episode with Amy Bett, Profit First is a system run, well, started by Mike Michalowicz. And it was when he, well, he did go broke. And his mm-hmm. daughter bought him in the piggy bank and mm-hmm. said, um, here, Daddy, I'll help you out of your money problems. And he sweared, swore that that would never happen again. And mm-hmm. his mission is to stop entrepreneurial pro- pro- poverty. Can't spit oh, that out today. Poverty. Um, <laughs> so, yes, been a, a fan for a lot of times and will definitely be fangirling in October. So. Brilliant, brilliant. And so the thing is with Profit First, like I, all my businesses, I insist that they are run Profit First and I've built spreadsheets and my own, I've put my own stamp on that. Yep, nice. A, a percentage of revenue goes to marketing. And so this is what I always say to people. You might take, I don't know, $5 out of every $100 that you bring in and stick it in your marketing bank account. And you don't rob from one bank account to the other. And if someone calls you and says, can I put a billboard up in Times Square? Or would you like a billboard in Times Square? You say, well, there's $230 in my marketing account. What kind of billboard can I have for $230? So this is the way that we operate. And in doing that, you get creative about your marketing. And actually, I'm going to say that marketing and sales are probably the key to scale, ultimately. Like they say sales solves most problems in a business. And I tend to believe it's true. Sales meetings don't solve the problems. It's the closing of the sales that solves the problems ultimately, right? Yes. So so with that said, we want some effective marketing and that marketing has to really speak to the current market as it stands with a product that they find valuable. Then we have meetings with these people some way or another, or they just opt in naturally. Like if you can do that, more power to you. And then the the business transaction must happen. That's where we can start to scale. And and what I what I'm working on at the moment is one to one marketing spend. So for every dollar I spend, uh, I generate at least a dollar. Okay, nice. and then but I'm building a list. I'm building a list at the same time. I'm building a large list of people in whatever business I'm working in, and I will then continually market back to them. So my first goal is to get something like a dollar ninety nine or three dollars or some small arbitrary number, but have them commit and say yes to whatever it is that I'm doing. And then they're in, they're in. And, and people actually, here's something about scaling. People want you to sell them never endingly on what it is that you're doing if you're doing a great thing. So yeah. if I sell you something for a dollar ninety nine, and you think, wow, that was great. It feels like there was $10 worth of value there. You're actually going to say, now now what, Anton? What can I do next after you've consumed that, right? And I, if I'm not there to say, well, Kathy, for $24.73, I've got this thing and it's going to give you $100 worth of value. You're like, absolutely, give it to me right now. 
And then after that, I'm like, well, now there's this $1,997 thing I've just built. I've just made it up, but I think it's perfect for you, Kathy. Um, I'd love you to be part of this. Sure, you're in because you've seen value in the others. Why not? And if you don't continually invent and deliver amazing new things to your client, you're missing out on one of the true keys of scale, which is scaling your existing clients. Indeed, indeed. And that's where people go wrong is they mm. don't give the value. So mm. if your thing is $1.99, then like mm-hmm. you say, it's got to have that $10 value. It's got to mm-hmm. be worth so much more than the money you paid because mm-hmm. that money will disappear, but we remember the value. So marketing so definitely does mm-hmm. equal value. And if you're not getting that value, then they will never go to the 349 or any of the, yeah. the other ones. But if they had a good that's experience true. on the cheap one, and that's mm-hmm. the other thing where people go wrong is they think, oh, well, it's not costing much, so I won't give them much. Mm-hmm. Bad mistake. Absolutely. It is all made up. That is also something to remember. Like the the prices and the products we come up with are never-ending. Like we can come up with them limitlessly. So like I went to a hotel once and they just blew my mind and I always want to stay there because they have a lolly bar in the foyer that you can have unlimited amounts of lollies, okay, as you get to get in the Oh, that might be lollies, dangerous. Right? <laughs> the mini bar, wait for it, the entire mini bar completely free. Oh, they wow. I know. Like, who does that? Ah. Uh, right? And then, so it's not $10 for a packet of chips. You sure? No, it's not $10. And there's two. There's a red wine, a little I don't drink, but there's a little red wine, there's a little white wine, there's Red Bulls, there's Cokes, there's beers, there's everything in this fridge. It's fully stocked. There is, like, so many little hidden benefits that these people give you when you stay there that you are just, and, and is so counter to everything else that's out there that you can't help but want to share about it. Definitely want to stay there, want to refer people to it. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm a massive fan of just when you're inventing a product, think about what everybody's doing and just do it differently. And then all, you will have you will find customers. I'm sure about that. And you can scale into that. Okay. So being generous, do tell us mm-hmm. what is the hotel's name? I think it's called the, uh, I'll have to look it up because it's been a while. Let me uh. tell you, it's the, oh, <laughs> it's the o- o- Ovolo Hotel. Ah. Hotel. And it and is worth it. it is, where's it is that located? In South Yarra. It's ah. 100% worth the experience. I, I recommend it highly. Get into it, everybody. But, you know, uh, like I, for that, invent your own Overlow Hotel experience. Invent your own in your own business. We Excellent. do that, for example, in my virtual assistant company, because I have a, about a team of about 100 virtual assistants. But you don't just get a virtual assistant with us you get three layers of management so you get an onboarding manager who's an expert in understanding the business goals and objectives you get a project manager who's responsible for like fluidity of the project and you get uh and a global team leader as well who's in the thread in the chat thread the whole time so that's our version of something different you're not getting one person from upwork that may or may not work i'm not against upwork i love upwork but we are something different and we're in the premium space that's the other thing if you do something different, you get to charge high. The Overlove, the Overlove Hotel or whatever it is, they're not cheap. I'm not saying they're cheap, but I don't care. That's yeah. not on my radar at all. It's a, the experience is 100% worth it, and I'll pay Perfect. anything for that. Yeah. And for our American friends, that's um, South Yarra is in Victoria near mm-hmm. Melbourne. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're planning to, to come this way, um, check it out in Melbourne. 
Mm-hmm. And um, sounds like a an amazing place. And it, it probably even has cookies, like one of the American <laughs> ones. Yeah, they have everything. Like they, they, they just. It's also everything in there is just. Well, it's my the art in that place is mind blowing. Everything there's no detail left out, and it's just it's a true experience versus staying in a hotel. Fantastic. So definitely look that up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're thinking about scaling organically. We're going to do mm-hmm. something a little bit different, which means mm-hmm. that we are no longer a commodity, so we mm-hmm. can charge a mm-hmm. premium price. Mm-hmm. What other things should we be thinking about if we're looking at scaling our business? Relationships. So I have multiple clients right now uh, who, are, like, they they will grind to find each client and they're exhausted, okay? What I have discovered, like, I recently built a coffee trailer as an experiment. My kids and I, it's our camping trailer. We turned it into our coffee trailer uh, and we started doing markets and bits and pieces. And as, it was part of this organic expansion. We just bought the coffee machine. We stuck it in there. We got that cheap. We got everything cheap. We did it all. The bare minimum to get going, got some gigs, made no money. In fact, probably lost a bit of money. Then we found a relationship that changed everything, okay? And this is many of my existing clients as well go through the same thing. It's like they're striving for these individual gigs or jobs or contracts or product sales. But you can find people who will refer you lots of business. And that is the type of relationship. And if if you're a Mike McCallowitz fan, which I think you are, Kathy, (laughs) Like this is the pumpkin plan, basically. Ah, very good. So this, so the pumpkin plan, although for me, like in the coffee trailer, for example, we found and I stumbled across this. This is why you've got to be like my son, who's 18. He's quite smart. I'm proud of him. He says to me, dad, time in the market's better than timing the market. And that is definitely true for this example, right? Like, like eventually we stumbled across this relationship and it is, uh, they're called Team Kids and they do after school cooks, after school kid care, right? Okay. Yeah. And in order to schmooze their, their schools, they put on free coffee in the mornings. Uh-huh. And we got this relationship and now we look after this relationship like it's gold and they book us many, many times each week. Okay. More, more than we, we will be able to handle in the very near future. We'll have to either build more trailers or get more people or do whatever. So organic that, scaling. Yeah, that is right. And that one relationship is the access. It's the key. Like I could grind at getting individual gigs forever, but this gig is the gig for us. And if we can grow into that, we can put our attention on that and really nurture it. And then we want to model that and then find more of them, you know, in case they disappear on us or something goes wrong, et yeah, cetera. Yeah. We need to make sure that we don't, that we hedge our bets a little there, but that is what I'm discovering. And I have software development clients who are in the same boat. Like they they can grind out to try and find one individual corporate client they can do software development for. Well, they can find companies who are like recruitment style companies who can feed them lots of work. And yeah, they make less money, but they don't have to have a sales force. They don't have no. to spread their energy too thin. They're not doing the sales and marketing. They're doing the marketing spend, et cetera. Exactly. So even though they're making less money, you probably find that the profit on that amount of money would be similar, if not greater, because of those reduced costs of the other things that they don't need. And that's the thing about scale is you are looking at a volume type scenario, right? Like ultimately, that's probably what you want. Yeah. So that probably brings me to the next piece is which is to sim. if you want to scale, be prepared to simplify because you're going to have to find more butts to put in those seats and 
you know, the specialists, they're, they're thinner on the ground than the generalists. So you want to be able to create replicable, replicable processes and find people with great attitudes. Like we always say, hire for attitude, train for results. And we try to do work that anyone could do ultimately, but we want the killer attitude. Perfect. I like that. And I don't know whether you're aware of David Jennings, who's a, another one of my great fans, and he runs Systemology. And right. he did exactly that. He started with a digital marketing agency mm-hmm. right. um, that he couldn't scale. So it was Melbourne SEO, which has since been sold, yeah. and then went on to do Systemology. And it's a really great system of cool. how to get the systems out of the business owner's heads so that <laughs> cool. you can you can systemize your whole business. So, yeah, definitely look him up. So David Jennings at systemology.com. Okay, great. That's that's powerful. I'll uh, I'll do my homework on that guy and it sounds like a handy person to know. He's definitely a handy person to know and he doesn't live that far away from you. So Excellent. Your coffee's in order. He can meet me at my coffee trailer. Oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. So that brings me to another thing. I don't know how much time we've got left. I could go on for ages. <laughs> we've got a bit. We've got a okay. bit. So the next piece about scaling is I like I like to do things that I'm passionate about and that I love, but I try to dovetail them into each other where possible. So I love chess and I love coffee and I love consulting and I love selling and I lo- like there's so much I love. I love coaching. Um, but what I did was I started because our coffee trailer is at the Hurstbridge Market once a month, and then I thought, well, I love chess, so I'm gonna bring I'm gonna create a chess meetup. Okay, a chess meetup on meetup.com and bring people there. And those people will buy coffee. But at the same time, I get to network with them. At the same time, when people Google me, they're finding all of these different kind of dimensions to who I am and what I'm up to. And so it is like scale. Okay. When it comes to scale, what I found works very well is having many pathways into your product or service. Because people meet me in all sorts of ways, but then end up doing business with me in the things that make me the money. You know, ultimately nice. I charge around 300 now for my for my coaching and consulting. And also we've got the VA company, which is a great passive revenue stream. Um, and then the all the other businesses are science labs for me. <laughs> that's right. That's that's what they get. They they get to be the subject of all the testing. Um and so, yeah, what I like is having many pathways. Like if you Google my name, you're just going to find a whole lot of things. And if something catches your fancy or if you meet me through chess, I'm going to funnel you in to something. You know what I mean? Like nobody gets off the hook. Nobody gets away. Everybody becomes a part of what I do. Like I collect people and they become very valuable to to. I want to be valuable to them. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to use these people. I want to be really valuable to them. And in return, they're going to be really valuable to me. Um, and that is the the exchange that that humans operate on. So scaling is, yeah, not being scared. Like people deal with people, not with businesses. The only business I could think of that I deal with without knowing who I'm dealing with is Google. But every other business, like I have a human that pops into my mind when I'm dealing with that business. And I know that I can go to that person if I need to. Absolutely. And even Google, when they originally started, the people Mm -hmm. that dealt with Google Mm -hmm. were dealing with people, same as Facebook. It started small Mm -hmm. and then grew from there. A lot of people's mistakes is they want to try and model these big companies without Mm -hmm. going through the growing pains that they've had to get there. Also, people don't just won't do business with you if you're just a brand, if you're just a logo and you're hiding. Their spidey senses tingle. They're not up for it. 
No. Most of the time. And that's why people, when they have really good salespeople and they move companies, nine times out of ten, the clients go with them because mm. they're dealing with that person, not mm -hmm. the specific company. Very true. Um, and so then I would also expect with scaling that most of the things that you do to scale will, will fail, and that's okay. As long as you're operating using profit first or some sort of other equivalent system and you're not stretching yourself and bet betting or you're not going all in with every test, be prepared that maybe one maybe 10 percent of things will work maybe less than 10 percent of things that you do to scale will work will uh will work but you only need a very small percentage of those things to succeed to achieve to take your business to the next level whatever that looks like yes very true and sometimes it's just that one-off thing or that wd-40 there was 39 mm -hmm. things that didn't work and there's mm -hmm. many other examples Mm -hmm. of how they just kept going and going and going mm -hmm. and then boom that Absolutely. what do they say um overnight success 10 years in the making mm -hmm. that's yeah absolutely and i'm not sure about the wd-40 story in detail but like also have your have everything like for me like i'm an entrepreneur i'm not attached to any one of my businesses or me even so sometimes i'll invent things i'll come up with ideas or not be the best person or whatever it might be, like just be prepared to to be opportunistic about what it is that comes across your path to make amazing things happen. Yeah, and like you say, sometimes it's not about you. Sometimes it is about bringing in a manager if that's not your skill set or bringing mm -hmm. in a CEO or you mm -hmm. stepping out and doing the things that you're good at. And I think that's sometimes where we get a little bit confused because we're great technicians, so now we're going to be business owners, especially mm -hmm. with coaches. They don't realise that the business of coaching is different to coaching. So you mm -hmm. do need those sales skills. You need, do need those marketing skills. You do have to have an idea of your cash flow. So Profit First is a great one to know that and make sure that you do have that little container that you've got a bit of spending money to have a play with and it's not part of the business money and all of Absolutely. those kinds of things. Absolutely. Where I'm at now, I'm I'm deep into the implementation of a book called Buy Back Your Time by Dan Martels. And the philosophy of that book, have you read that book by any chance? I haven't. No. Okay, great. So the philosophy of that book is you don't put people on to scale the business. You put people on to buy back your own time and then you do that on repeat. Okay. So, so when I wake up in the morning now, I'm pretty much doing only things that light me up all day long, which is a real privilege. Nice. But I do that by buying, you work out a buyback rate. So what is my time worth? Let's say I make 60 bucks an hour. So my buyback rate is one quarter of that. There's more detail in that analysis, but yep. um, so that's $15 an hour I can spend. So anything I can spend $15 on to buy back my time is very valuable because I can get four times the ROI by doing something else. But then you also break, you do a time and energy audit. You work out what sucks the life out of you and what lights you up and you systematically replace the things that suck the life out of you with more of the things that light you up and then you you uh can you basically audit and you audit something that you're doing you delegate that task to someone else and then you repeat over and over and over again and as you scale the business scales because we can actually scale limitlessly if we've got the right people working for us and also if we're doing things that light us up, like it's a privilege to do what I'm doing right now. I just love it. 
and I want more. I'll do more. Give me more because it's all the things that light me up. Fantastic. And that's what one of the things that David Jennings says is if you were going to do it more than once, you need a system. So Mm. that's also buying your time back. So absolutely love that. So doing what you want, doing when you want, Mm -hmm. what's the magic thing to that, do you think? To doing what you want when you want? Indeed. Uh, Hmm, the magic thing. Well, actually, I would say... Like my son says, time in the market. <laughs> like if you stick around long enough, if you survive long enough and you learn and you like build muscle in the areas of business and in, like if you're fascinated with education, education is the magic thing. There it is for me right now. Education is the magic thing. I'm always implementing things into my business. Once I prove them and I share them with everybody, but it is the, it, ultimately it's education. I spend at least 20 to 30 grand a year on courses, books, whatever I can. Um, and that is chalk and cheese. Like if you look at my business performance 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, the one thing, education, means that I can now do what I do what I want pretty much in business. Excellent. And sometimes it's not even about the course you bought. It's just the ideas that are sparked Ooh, yeah. from that. Absolutely. You can, if you do enough, it's like marketing, actually. Like if you do enough education, you can reject as much of it as you want. I tend to take it all on and implement it because I like to be coachable. But you can really, if you've got enough sales coming in, the leads coming in the top, you can reject as many as you want because there's more coming in. Same with education. If 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 you've got plenty of nuggets coming in, feel free to test them and throw them away if they don't work. It's a little bit like the toothbrush, toothpaste tube, isn't it? When it's full... Yes, lathering it all over your toothpaste. No worries at all. You got that toothbrush and it's covered in it. When it's yep. down to that last little bit and you've run out and you don't want to go to the shop or you don't want to get it the next oh. month, you are squeezing every tiny little <laughs> bit out of it. And for the audio people, I'm squeezing yeah. visually with my fingers to, trying to get the last little bit out because you haven't got any more or you need to go get some more. So mm-hmm. I think it's exactly that case where you've got lots of leads coming in and your business is really healthy. You can mm-hmm. pick and choose the the audience that you're going right. to talk to. When you haven't, you grab every person and not always the right people. So, yeah, definitely lots of marketing, lots of leads, lots mm-hmm. of sales, making lots of money so that we can all do great things in the world. Absolutely. And I'm a big fan of Russell Brunson's stuff on the marketing, expert secrets, traffic secrets, dot-com secrets. I've had my executive assistant like document every step out of those three books and we just roll them out into client after client or into our own businesses. And and I ultimately, at the end of the day, getting authentic with people taking them on a hero's journey. So one of the mistakes businesses make in the scaling process is they get to some level of success and then they're just talking about how successful they are. But people don't relate to that because there's a gap. There's too big a gap. So the hero's journey concept is you share where you once were in this journey. You were once like them. And then you had an aha moment and that changed everything. And so then you are in a different place now but you also have the skills to lead them from there to here. And that is, you know, the concept that really when you want to scale, you've got to be relatable to the people always. You know, it's very important if you Absolutely. as you start to endure the, enjoy the success. Yeah, and I think that's where grocery stores, supermarkets go really wrong is mm. they could do so much better if they 
actually cared rather Mm -hmm. than just how are you and continue to do what they're doing without even waiting for an answer if they even acknowledge the fact that you're there in the first place. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. And they're all the same, unfortunately. So I'm not quite sure where the culture's gone wrong. Yeah, the ads will try and have us think differently. but uh, Oh, yes. It's not the case when you get there. So is there anything about scaling that we haven't mentioned so far, Anton? Well, it's a mountain with no top scaling. There is no limit to that. So um, like even, well, eventually you, like if you look at the the growth trajectory of of someone like Facebook or Google, they can't limitlessly scale. There's only seven and a half billion people or whatever there are in the world. So it's very important to scale, well, pick the right thing and scale it, okay, for starters. Pick something that, that is scalable, test, measure, and keep checking in because at some point, like it's, you know, I, I want to say Ponzi scheme. I don't want to trigger anybody, but there's a Ponzi scheme element to business, to all finances. You know, at some point, there are, there will be losers in this game. So, so there, so scale is not like while scale is limitless itself. Don't consider that each business can scale forever. Like there will be a time for you to exit scaling that and scale something else. So indeed. And I think we've seen that over the years as well with people like Kodak and Blockbuster. Oh, yeah. I think Netflix is probably going along the the same kind mm. of line. Um, yeah. Some of the other services that were providing services to social media, the scheduling services, some of those haven't grown. So mm-hmm. they may be on their, their way out as well. Yeah. So, yes, keeping an eye on the market, seeing where it's going, those changes, and mm-hmm. um, pre- being prepared to shift if necessary. Absolutely. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Okay, Anton, are you up for five questions? Sure. You've actually already answered one of them, but we we (laughs) might you might have a second one. So I'll ask you that one first. Mm -hmm. What is your your favorite business book and why? So many. Um, Wow, favorite business book. Probably something simple like the dip. The dip might be my favorite business book. Nice. Nice. Have a look at that. Yeah. Excellent. What is the best advice given to you by a mentor? Nothing's handled. (laughs) Nothing's ever handled. Very good. What is the biggest help you've received since starting your business or businesses? So much help. None of this happens in a vacuum. I always have at least five mentors at any one time. So like learning to ask for help has been, you know, a huge factor for me. Um, was very resistant to that in the beginning. And, uh, yeah, help is critical. <laughs> we can't do this on our own. In my No, we can't. And trying to do it is the quickest way to burn out. Oh, yeah. What is the one thing you have to do every day, your non-negotiable? Non-negotiable? Jiu-jitsu, physical health. Very nice. What do you wish you had known when you started out? Great question. That I could value myself. But I don't need quali- formal qualifications to be qualified. Very good. And I think self-valuation is something that more people should be doing rather than looking for somebody else to pat them on the back. Absolutely, 100%. Sensational. Thank you, Anton. And if people would like to know more about you or your chess or your oh. coffee 
van or any of the other bits and pieces that are going to come up where do they look for you just google me i think that's the best way like find find a way in that works for you i've got my own podcast couple of hundred episodes as well in jiu-jitsu I- um, I'm I, I'm everywhere. I'm all pervasive. That's the idea. That's what I'm trying to do here uh, because I want to make the most difference. So you just Google my name. Uh, I'd love to talk to anyone about almost anything, really. Actually, yeah. one one redo on the book, Sapiens Changed My Life. Like ah. learning about the origins of humanity is probably like a really good step, in, like was really valuable for me for business for some reason. So I'm just going to re-answer that question. Well, that was really clever. You managed to get three best books in in one question. <laughs> well done. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so thank you, Anton. So if people are Googling you, it's Anton Harrison Kern. Mm-hmm. And um, check out Anton on all the, the platforms or mm-hmm. have a look at the show notes um, here at Small Business Talk. So SBT community, remember, enjoy your journey. Mm, Thanks for having me, Kathy. You are very welcome. Don't forget to subscribe to Small Business Talk podcast and head on over to smallbusinesstalk.com.au. Remember, to be great, you must start. Pick one tip from today's episode, take action and implement it. Let's meet again next week at the same time and place. Until then, take action. And SBT community, enjoy your journey.